tell me that you built a time machine? Uh, get the Inconceivable! Inconceivable! Get, 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 get. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. I'll have what she's having. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Okay, welcome to Picking High, High School. School. And this is the podcast where we talk about 80s films. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we go cult. I think today we're going cult. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, my God. This is like one of my favorites. This is one of my favorite all-time movies. This is one of the best 80s movies. This is one of the best vampire films okay. of all time. If you, if you know Meryl, she's a big uh, horror buff. I love horror movies. Um, and I don't know if this is one of the first ones you saw. I was young. I was, again, around about seven or eight. There's quite a lot of 80s, 80s horror films. So. There's a lot. There, so I'm there was, you saw a lot. I saw a lot. Um, I think generally we, we see the 80s as responsible for the slasher films. But this movie was well before... Edward Cullen stepped onto the scene and made vampires all, you know, romantic. Yeah. Look, these, these vampires these, don't sparkle. They're, they're, they're not they nice sparkle. vampires. These vampires yeah. are mean. Yeah, but at the same time, they're kind of cool. This is a fantastic uh, we film. We are talking about The Lost Boys, everyone. The Lost Boys. And if you haven't seen it, uh, you should go and see it. You should, you should get this one. It's Halloween season. It's yep. a spooky season. It's my favourite time of the year. Yep. You need to watch this yes. film. This might be the first it. of a few horror films we do <laughs> in October, uh, but I hope you enjoy. Meryl, talk to me about The Blurb. Okay, so this uh, film was released in 1987. And Joel Schumacher of St. Elmo's Fire fame directorship directed this movie. Um, it, like you said, it's it's an all-star cast of the 80s. Some of these people didn't... It's an ensemble. Yeah, it's an ensemble cast. Um, I guess Kiefer Sutherland, who plays one of the main roles, is one of the more successful actors from this movie. Yep, you all um, know from 24. Yep. Uh, <laughs> flat, do you remember Flatliners? Yeah, Flatliners. Oh, my God. But really, Stand By Me. <laughs> Stand By Me. Which he pretty much plays the same character, but not a vampire. I haven't seen that movie for such a long time. I, yeah. Anyway. Okay, similar, anyway. Similar so, okay, right. So, basically, we see um, Lucy, Diane Weiss, moving her, moving her sons, uh, Michael and Sam, who are played by Jason Patrick, and one of the... One of the Corys. One of the Corey Haim. Corey Haim. Oh, God. So excited. The two I'm Corys? so excited to talk about this film. Right. We haven't even talked about the <laughs> Haim, brother. So Corey's excited. the Corys. Um, moves them from Phoenix, Arizona, because of divorce, I guess, out to live with her father, who is just grandpa in the film. He's not. He doesn't have a name. He's just grandpa. Mm-hmm. Um, and they live in the fictional town of uh, Santa Carla in California, which is actually Santa Cruz. Yeah, Santa Cruz. Most so, people who see it know Santa Cruz. Um, that's just south of San Francisco, if you don't know. So it's Northern California. Um, they filmed it there. They filmed it on the boardwalk. It's a pretty typical Californian mm-hmm. beachside town. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go on to see that there are a lot of missing people. There are a lot of missing children. And it's basically a town that is riddled with vampires. Well, they tell you straight up, it's they the do. murder capital of the world. It is of the, the world Of the people. world people, yep. yeah. So, um, in this universe. And I mean, you've got to wonder, like, what are the police doing? If this many people are being eaten there's, every night. There's no police. Yeah, there is no... Oh, well, there's the security guard. There are some security but guards. But he gets, like, 
Yeah. So um, there isn't a lot of law enforcement. Or maybe they just turn a blind eye to it, you know. If street or maybe people... they've killed all the police. And, and that's actually an interesting point that I will talk about later, that a lot of the people that are devoured in this film are, I guess, people on the fringes of society, like mm. runaways and whatnot, that you probably... You know, no one's, like, freaking out about these people going missing because maybe no one's missing them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then we're introduced to some fantastic characters like the Frog Brothers. Yeah, the Frog Brothers. Um, who is the other second half of the Corey duo, Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman, who was my um, hero growing up. Oh, yeah, he's gone for rails now. Yeah, right. Um, and then we just see them, I guess, trying to get Michael, Sam's brother, who is not yet a fully-fledged vampire, mm. Back from the edge. So he's I guess. the cool, the cooler of the older brothers. Yeah. So he's played by um, Jason Patrick, who you might know from Sleepers, um, which is a very good movie, uh, and he is very cool. Yeah, he's uh, super cool. Uh, 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 yeah. He's he's eighties cool. Yeah, the vampires are also very eighties cool, and like I'm gonna be honest, I had a bit of okay. So you know how in the eighties we had. Are you about to tell me you had a crush on a vampire? Well, several this, this in my a... life. This is not a first, and why right. are you acting so? about that we've been through several phases of this in our relationship okay. um, is this the first crush on a vampire maybe you know maybe this is where it began <laughs> i don't know wow. but um at the age of how old were you i was like seven or eight oh what my were my parents doing in the 80s <laughs> they watched some watch very this. questionable movies yeah, yeah. um so you know the vampires look like women like you know how we have this glam rock sort of deaf leopard twisted sister and that is one of the references where yeah. the dudes look like ladies you know like the hair was big long buffy hair maybe eyeliner it was a bit of makeup you know i'm gonna put it out there it was a bit hot people like i'm here for it so to I quote, am, to quote I, dave chappelle yeah it was the, yeah the guy that looks like more of the ladies get, gets all the get, ladies get, <laughs> I'm here for it. Okay, cool. These were, yeah. So it, this movie is very 80s. The fashions, the hair, the music, yep. the setting, um, and there it, it's going deeper. Some of the themes of this film are yep. they warm the cockles of the heart. Okay, before we go into the themes, because we will go into that, uh, there are a few sneaky celebs in this as well. Yeah, it's a pretty good recognisable cast. cast. It is. Um, and we named the, the main ones, but... Um... So, yeah, Kiefer Sutherland, who is an excellent character actor, yeah, I think. Yeah, he's great. Um, we have Diane Weiss as well as the mom. Yeah. Uh, the, both the Corys. Jamie Gertz plays yeah. Star. Yeah. And she was in 16 Candles and Less Than Zero. Yeah. So she had a pretty good start to the 80s, but I don't know what she's done much of since then. Mm, um, not too sure. But Alex Winter was the one we, we were discussing. Yes. So Alex so, Winter is Bill from Bill and Ted's yes. <laughs> fame. Um, he's basically, his whole career has been writing on Bill and Ted's. But before Bill and Ted's, he, he was, was Marco, Marco the, the vampire, vampire <laughs> on The Lost Boys. And he, he was, was the, one of the cooler, younger vampires. Yeah, to, I just can't take um, him seriously, though, because I just think of him as, you know, yeah. Bill and Ted's. But they're, they're going to do another Bill and Ted's. Anyway, yeah, that's, they that's are. That's that exciting. Um, <laughs> What does this film mean to you? Uh, this, you kind of this, talked about your okay. parents letting you watch yeah, it. Yeah, so this film actually really means a lot to me. This one, of, this movie is one of the movies that really defined my childhood. Wow. Um, I watched it a lot. Mm. I love scary movies. I loved. I mean, I didn't realize at the time, but it was such a it's such a good timepiece for the eighties. It was kind of hedonistic. It was slightly violent. 
it was funny. Um, it just, you know, when they're riding around on their bikes and getting ready for the vampires and you've got that pressure, you can feel the, the suspense. Mm. I, I love this movie. It mm. takes me back to that time. It makes me feel good. Um, it's it's just such a good 80s movie. It is, really good 80s, it is fantastic yeah, and it makes good. me feel so happy. It, yeah. Um, for me, and we talked about it as we were watching it, um, my parents probably wouldn't let me watch this film uh, <laughs> growing up, but I think there was another sneaky party, and I've said it was Carlos's oh, house, man, where I got Carlos's to, house. I got to uh, watch this one uh, without my father, I guess, having a go at me for watching a scary movie, <laughs> um, but loved it. Um, it was re- It is really cool, um, and we'll talk about why in a bit. But themes, let's talk about the main themes. Yeah, okay, so I think the, the main theme that, that sticks out to me is the brotherhood, like, between Michael and Sam. Like, he's, he's we worked out high school age because she talks about going back to school after the summer, and he's about 12 or 13, mm. probably 13, you know, and he is protective. They've got a really nice camaraderie between mm. them. There's love. Mm. Like, it's what I want for our boys. Like, yeah. it's just a really... There's that brotherhood and it runs through the film, you know, mm, even mm. when we see this, like, you know, <laughs> my, my own brother, you know, like, he's a shit-sucking vampire. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. But he, he protects him, they protect each other, they look out yeah, for each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think also there's... And you always the, said while we are watching, I have to how boys are like this. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. like, it's a beautiful theme in yeah, it, you know, yeah. and I didn't pick up as a kid, no. but I do now as a parent. Yeah. And I think also the other theme is, like I said before, you know, they're riding around on their bikes. It's mm. sort of... Freedom. It's childhood. Right. It's It's when childhood, before it moves into teenagehood, mm. you're not little anymore, you're not a teenager, but you ride around the neighbourhood on your bikes because that's all you can do. Yeah. Well, just you know? now that you're saying it, I do see the parallels between the brothers. So, so they're both, I guess, one's yeah. 17, one's 13. Yeah, I think 18, about that. 16, yeah, about that. They're both find groups of friends in this new town quite quickly and they're both kind of cool for their age. Yeah, yeah Corey Haim's character is a bit, a bit nerdy-ish <laughs> because he's still young. Yeah. Like still scared of, I don't know, stuffed beavers and whatever his grandpa's <laughs> bringing to his room. Yeah. Um, but they're both really cool. They've both got earrings and I'll talk about that in a bit. Um, you know, they've both got cool hairdo, um, but they both find groups of friends that they can relate with. Yeah. The older ones rolling around in motorbikes, the younger ones rolling around in push bikes. There's true. definitely parallels between the and two. And there brothers. is the frog brothers as well. Yeah. Who and stick out for each other and again. That's their, yeah. You know. And groups um, of groups of male friends. Yeah, and I think, yeah, there is that whole sort of like we talked about before, like it, it's not gang culture, but it's just kind of Yeah, like they're just groups oh, and they, you know yeah. like absolutely it's, teenage boys growing up. It's not gangs, but they find groups of friends that they can relate with. Yeah, totally. Uh, and there's a lot of that in this film. And I think it is. I think it's that cusp of not being grown up yet, but not being a child anymore. Mm. Um, the other thing is, it's funny, is there's a lot of references to the 60s, to hippies. Mm. There's music references. There's the picture of Jim Morrison in mm. the um, mm. vampire lair, the I guess lair, if you want to yeah. call it that. And it's kind of like, you're right, it's like a, this town is a bit of a melting pot of sort of odd bods and but there is a lot of hippies and that mm. I, I wonder if that was the director or writers it is california yeah it is california and maybe mm. there's that as well they sort of touch on that well, yeah. a lot as a theme mm. um but yeah i just think you know and of course there is the vampire theme yeah. you know we see a lot of the i guess superstitions the garlic the holy water the yeah. sunlight yeah. um yeah. they can well, they can fly let's do two let's let's, let's... 
talk this a little, you know vampire culture really well. I do know vampire um, culture So well. most of these um, folklores that are in this movie, are they true to the vampire well, I guess narrative? They're, they're, a few of them yeah. are like, oh, I'm not too sure if vampires actually fly. Yeah, I mean, I think they're true to the vampire narrative, the classic vampire narrative. I think we've seen a lot of that kind the of deviation deviations since, since which yeah. I don't think... I mean, I guess... Like one of the most recent ones, which like they did. Like Dracula fly, I can't remember. Yeah, I think he could because he was a bat. Dracula you know? is a bat. Well, that's you know he goes back and forth. He can change into that. But right. I was going to say one of the recent American Horror Story episodes was Hotel, and they mm. have Lady Gaga in it, who plays a vampire in inverted commas, and they talk about it like it's a disease. Mm. Like, she doesn't have fangs, but she drinks blood, and she's mm. immortal, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So I think there's been this huge move away from some of the classic types of vampires, but this is the best one, you know? Like, you have to have some defense against them. Oh, hang on. My, head, my head's trying to process all this real quick. Uh, <laughs> so when was Brad Stroker's, Bram Stroker's Dracula written? Oh, like in the 1800s. Yeah, so it's like... I have a first edition coffee on the bookshelf over there. I'm pretty sure that's not from the 1800s. <laughs> no, no, no. It's like one of the first reprints of the year. <laughs> the first edition reprint. Oh, perfect. Um, okay, but the flying is legit. Well, I mean, the, I the guess... The garlic. Yeah, the garlic is legit. I think the, the, the steak... Mirror, I mean, the steak the is, steak has you been, know... is yeah, always yeah, still yeah, vampire by Sunlight, fire, yeah. you know, like these are pretty... Holy water. Standard themes, yeah. I believe. They it's drink... funny how you have to ask me, is there actually holy water in churches? I did. That goes to show how not religious I am. <laughs> Just... If it actually happens, would go Well, to that's church, true. Yeah, now, yeah, I, know I know that, that when I have to fight vampires, yeah, off, yeah, I know yeah. where to go. There's never that much, people, so don't expect that much holy water but at I church. Think but there, there was, was a little bit at the front. The whole, the whole um, that he drinks the blood from the, the wine, blood, wine bottle, um, yeah. and then in order to complete the full transition, you have to feed on a human being, yeah. which is pretty that, pretty standard. Oh, that's standard. I, that, that I think that's pretty standard. But no, I think that's pretty standard. But, you know, like, I have a few rules in my life, and I realised upon watching rewatching this film again, don't ever accept red liquid in bottles from people that you don't know very well. You think it's red wine, then? No. You never really like red know, wine. Is that reason why you don't like red no, wine? No, I just know. I feel like if you smelt that, you would know it was blood. And it didn't look like that. blood. It looked like yeah, because it's watered down. Ah, uh, no. Blood. Just don't do that, people. <laughs> okay. Keep that as a rule of your life. Oh, right. So what makes this film 80s? Oh, everything about this film is 80s. Um, the hair. Oh, my God. Yeah. The hair is fantastic. The hair. Um, the clothes. The clothes. The guys with earrings. The guys do wear the dingly, dangly earrings. No, and I was saying, do guys still wear earrings these days? I don't know. We need to put that out to our listeners. Do men still wear earrings? Because evidently, I'm, I'm still stuck in that because I'm still wearing <laughs> earrings, but I don't think anyone else <laughs> Yeah, is but I don't see you sporting like a long, dangly earring. I never, you did, I never did. No. No. True. Um, the days of guys looking like girls to pick up girls <laughs> is over. Maybe, maybe we could come back. There's um, we're bringing it back. Yeah, a lot of props, like the, the comic books and the comic, stuff. Well, comic the books, arcades. The, the Swatch Watch was cool. Oh, the Swatch Watch. The giant Watch. Swatch Watch. I, want, I still want it to this day. The yeah. giant Swatch Watch on the wall as a clock. Everyone knows what Swatch Watches is, right? I hope so, because they, they still have the store in the city. They're still there. I love that prop. The posters on the wall, he had a poster of Rob Lowe, which I reckon was an Easter egg for St. Elmo's Fire. Um, there was the phones mm. as well, the ring ring yeah. phones. Sam's 
Yeah, the Remy phone. Yeah. And when he's like, I better call the Frog Brothers. <laughs> I know, he's like, like zero, on the rotary, rotary dial. Yeah, that's great. Um, Not even a punch one, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, um, his outfits were actually kind of loud and checkered. Yeah, and, like that bathrobe where it was like the, yeah, the, the bathrobe. black kind of Picasso type situation. Yeah, yeah, that was very yeah, 80s. It was very 80s. So there was a lot of 80s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it looked, you know. But it didn't look dated either. No. I thought even the BMX bikes kind of had a, like a... Yeah. I know they didn't have BMX bands, so they had their own version of it, but oh. it felt a bit like that. Yeah, I guess Maybe so. Stranger Things kind of gives, brings that back a little bit. Absolutely. Um, and, yeah, you're right. It, it, the, the music, which, again, we'll talk about the music later on, but, music yeah, the music was very 80s. Very 80s. Oh, very 80s. Yeah. Cool. Um, I think we've already said this, but what makes this movie so special? I think it's so special because it is such a perfect representation mm. of the 80s in that, mm. you know, of mm. that time. Like, the characteristics of the film, of the script, yeah. of the decorations, of the costuming. The cast. The cast. It is a perfect representation yeah. of that time. Yeah. And it's just a film that you want these people to succeed mm. in their mission. You know, you mm. want the good guys to win. Yeah. And... You know, it, it, yeah, it just, you, it, to me, it's like a warm hug, this movie. Yeah, it just yeah. makes me feel so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. No, I, I agree with you. Um, okay. Let's talk about favourite lines. <laughs> There's some really good ones. Okay. Um, I think we have a general consensus of the best line in the film. Death by stereo. Death by stereo. Death by stereo. So it's the very coolest good. thing is that, that one of the vampires gets uh, offed. He gets offed with a stake through the heart, which... Projects him back to the world's the, biggest stereo. <laughs> which at the time was cutting-edge technology, people. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> completely fries him as music is playing at the same time. And then um, the brother, one of the brothers looks at the other one. Not the Frog Brothers, but, but Sam looks at Mike, Mike and goes, Death by Stereo. It's very cool. And it's pretty cool. I think my second favourite line is yeah. the final line of the movie uttered by Grandpa, which yeah. is, you know... The, the one thing I couldn't stomach about living in damn Santa Clara is the all the damn vampires. Oh. Like, he just strolls on in after it's all over and has a coat from the fridge and yeah, says that. Yeah, like, yeah. well, you could have told us. A root beer. A root beer. <laughs> yeah, he absolutely does. That and, um, okay, it's not really a, a line, but we'll talk about favourite scenes anyway. But when the Frog Brothers off their, the vampire that they <laughs> off, which is like the, like the yes. biggest... I don't know, roll up. up. What's it called? Yeah, every, yeah like, yeah, they kill him in the bath and, like, every appliance in the house just explodes. Yeah. All the all the plumbing just stops up. Yeah, and it's like the pipes, blood like, flowing out of the toilet. Yeah, it's like they, they killed the, the Yoda Bob himself. <laughs> like, I can't believe the after effect of killing just, just this one vampire. But they were so scared as this vampire died <laughs> that they're holding each other <laughs> and, like, shaking screaming. and screaming. <laughs> And it kind of reminds us of our boys when you take them past the scary aisle in Costco. Yeah, so, it's true. Yeah. What about also Michael? Yeah, sorry. It's a good one. Sorry, that is probably Michael. my favourite thing. Yeah. So I guess part of the initiation of getting uh, Michael into into that vampire gang. It's a vampire gang. Um, was them to they go onto like a railway bridge, and then they jump oh, yeah. onto those those I guess. Pipes. Poles, poles underneath. And they're hanging by the pipe. Whereas the train goes over. Yeah, and underneath them is that mist, and then they're kind of all hanging around, and they kind of trick Michael into doing it, and he doesn't know that the train's about to come. 
Yep. So the train come. Again, this is very stand by me kind of like. So yeah, it's, well, it's, it's like, kind of this initiation into, you know, holding their nerve and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, and anyway, basically all the vampires, you know, they know they're immortal, so they let go, and he has to have faith in it and basically let go. Yeah. Which he doesn't really do. He does it reluctantly. Well, he does it like, but he kind of just drops because he can't hold he can't on. Hold and then he's like screaming, yeah, and then he stops. He starts screaming. screaming. He starts <laughs> pondering about life for a little bit. <laughs> And then starts keeping to continue to scream, which he thinks hilarious. Great oh, scene, man, great scene. So good. Cool. Um, so again, we talked about this before, but it, there's no remakes of, of Lost Boys. No, there's no remakes, but there are two straight to DVD sequels, if you want to call them sequels. Oh, so like Lost Boys Two. Lost oh, Boys it's 3. like The Thirst or something like that, and I think um, Feldman is in one of them, but it's not. Oh, Feldman will be in a sequel oh, or two. Oh god, yeah. Good. There's not, they're not really any direct ties to the original film. Did there I, was, did I read there's a Frog Brothers spin-off? Well, kind of. There's comic book spin-offs. Right. So that's interesting. They actually did comic books. Okay. Which is kind of cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, obviously a lot of TV shows now around comic books and it's kind of made a real huge comeback. Yeah. And um, I think that's another theme this movie is comic books is a big deal. The yeah. Frog Brothers' parents own one. Yeah. Um, they kind of work in one of them and, you know, like there's a lot of references to them mm. and whatnot. Mm. So it is mm. a, a big theme it as well. It is a big theme as well. Um, not a huge comic book person myself, but obviously I have a lot of appreciation for it. Um, but, yeah, I think comic books stand the test of time. Like they keep coming back. Yeah, I think so. Every, every couple of... Every generation, really. I feel like the new the Spider-Man movie, the, um, all the, Marvel, the Spider-Verse, movie. that was incredible. The whole Marvel universe at the moment. Is yeah. Strange. So, yeah. I don't yeah. think they've died a death at all. Should they do this again? Should they do another one? No. No, I don't think they should. I think this movie, even though it is very, very 80s, it hasn't dated. I didn't feel like it had dated. Mm. Um and I don't think it needs to be remade. Mm. I think it's so good that, you know, it's not – the special effects aren't bad either. Yeah, I said that was pretty good yeah. at the scene in the and bedroom. I also have to say – Well, that's, that's the thing. You know how they do fly? They never show the group of them flying, and apparently the reason was because they didn't have the budget mm. to, I don't know, get over whatever they wanted to do with that. Mm. So what they did was they employed the same technique that they used in Jaws because they didn't have a budget either, which was to give the illusion or, or allude mm. to to what was going on, which actually makes it more, I guess, frightening for the mm. audience because you can't see mm. them coming. You can just hear them. You can see the victim's terror mm. as they see, I don't know, God knows yeah, what, four right. vampires. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same with Jaws. You know, yeah. you just hear the music and see the approach. Right. It's a cost-cutting technique, but it's it's a very... And with some great music around it. Yeah, so and it works it. well. Yeah. It works well in this film. So yeah. I, I think that, you know, the, the special effects that they do use in terms of the facial features and the contact lenses are fine. Mm. And like I was saying during the film, apparently they were so uncomfortable that when Kiefer Sutherland is crying... In one of the scenes, he was actually crying in yeah, pain. Because the context from the 80s. When yeah. The context from today. No. Right. So there you go. Cool. You know. um, let's talk about Santa Cla- Carla. Clara? Carla. Yeah. Uh, Santa Cruz. It's Santa Cruz. Uh, the murder capital of the world. <laughs> um, and we talked about it being a melting pot of different cultures. It is. And again, I've never been there. I don't know how, you know, I've only really met one person from Santa Cruz before. And I remember asking, is there anything like Lost Boys? And they're like, no, not really. Well, there's the boardwalk. 
wonder why we haven't the been there. We need to go there. I think it's just kind of tucked away in, in, in well, North Cali. Yeah, it's south of San Francisco. Yeah. It's um, near, um, I mean, no, I feel like I've driven Jose. through there. When I drove from... I think anyone does it. You might have been, actually. Maybe I have been there. I stayed around there in between driving up there to San Francisco, and it was a beachy area. Mm. But it's a good setting. Like, Boardwalk's always an interesting place. I think we can say that. You get you can feel a little dodgy. Like, for example, um, you know... Atlantic City. Atlantic City. I mean, it did feel kind of a little bit dodgy, but This one didn't feels it? a bit more, more kind of our life. So it felt like... Well, it's got the big roller coaster and stuff. Like, yeah. it's, you know, it's not well, crappy It's like rides. a place I wanted to be, really. Oh, absolutely. Because it had it's roller our coasters, kind of place. it had beaches. And it had vampires. <laughs> if we did have vampires <laughs> for you. Um, and, yeah, the different types of people. So, yeah. they were kind of like punks there. They were definitely like... The surf. Surfers. surfers. There was hippies. Hippies. There was... They showed a few, like, Latinos. There was, you know, yeah. like it was... Yeah. I mean, it's California. Like, yeah. they obviously had some subcultures within it. And what I thought was funny was when they crash bang into the church to get the holy water, you've got, like, these incredibly conservative people having their babies, you know, baptised yeah. in this very nice, quaint little church. You know, yeah, so, the religious people there yeah, as well. No, but I mean, like, if there's a no, it's it's just a, a really diverse range you of definitely people. Definitely feel like a diverse range of people. Uh, um, you know, and I think a lot of seaside towns can be like that, especially in the states. Mm, well, seem like a seem like a cool place, like well, despite all the killings. And yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, uh, there's a lot of there's the bonfire scene, which yeah. is quite a violent scene. Yeah. Upon rewatching it again. Mm. Um, and, you know, like, I'm pretty sure that in the nanny state that we live in, you mm. can't light bonfires on beaches here, can you? I don't think you can. I don't know. And I maybe you can't in California anymore either, but, you know, like, it just seemed to be a lot of blind eye turned to sort of that sort of behaviour. Well, we realise there's no police. Yeah, so. there's no police. <laughs> maybe they ate the police. <laughs> um, <laughs> drank their blood. Sorry, going back to 80s, what makes it 80s? A video store. Yeah, the video store. My mum works at a video store. So, Max, mm. um, we won't give it away, but the man that she's seen, yeah, yeah. he owns a video store. Yeah. Like, oh, can we talk about video stores for a sec? That's what I'm saying. We should yeah, talk about video let's stores. let's talk about video stores. God, I well, love video stores. It's kind of really nostalgic. So nostalgic. So for our young viewers or listeners, a video store. What's a video? Do you remember what a video is? Well, it was Beta. Beta. Oh, no, Beta. Originally. Oh, beta wasn't that big yet. Oh, well, we had a Beta. We had a Beta and a VHS. Oh, no, yeah, Beta. Um, and then it became VHS. So you would go. It's essentially a library. Mm. So you would a library for movies and films. You would yeah. go and you would rent, you know, your new releases or your seven days. Yeah. And you would have a video card, yeah. and you would pay however much. New releases yeah. were usually about seven dollars fifty, weren't they? Well, In the, towards the end, the time, they so went yeah, over yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, so Meryl and I, as we were recording, yeah. we spent a lot of time. We spent a lot of time. We um, loved the video store. That was our that was our Saturday night routine. Sometimes we spend more time in the video store oh, than God, actually yeah, watching the video that in we Blockbuster Lane Cove, didn't we? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Because I just always wanted to borrow horror movies. Yeah, maybe watch a lot of horror movies. <laughs> But, you know, it's totally worth it. It had a smell about it, the video oh, store. Oh, just something nostalgic it about just, going in there. Yeah. Just, trying to find that video that you've been wanting to watch for a while. Yeah, and then, you know. Looking I mean, all the cases. Yeah. Trying to, like, kind of peek at the porno scene, <laughs> like, section, but not, No, you they know. didn't have that at Blockbusters, remember? No, because Blockbuster was owned by evangelistic yeah. American Christians. Yes. 
That's right. Civic Lady. <laughs> <laughs> and Video Easy. Uh, uh, oh, we were members of Video Easy in Chatsworth. Chatsworth. Yeah. yeah. And that was the first video. Down the story. bottom down there yeah, where yeah. Tony and Guy is now. And yeah, and yeah. then Civic was in Lane Cove as well. I don't think Tony and Guy's been there for a while. No. But, but yeah, um yeah. yeah, that's right. It yeah. was uh, and then Civic in Lane Cove. There was another in Lane Cove too. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah. Job, the job Blockbuster was a huge American chain, and they, they obviously came, came in yeah a bit later to Australia, but yeah. they kind of cannibalised the market really, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's really sad that they went. You know, I I loved them. It was a big part of our mm. our sort of youth, really. Oh um, yeah, I, mean, I used to love going on Saturday fun. afternoons to get a video with my parents and too. Long, I love Netflix and I love yeah. the instant of seeing videos or movie. I still call them videos. So do I call them videos? Do you take? <laughs> did you tape that? And you're like, mm. yeah, I still say, did I tape that? Too. You know, it's, like, tape what? I know. I'm like, oh. you know, I tape it. I don't want to say DVDR or wherever it's called. No, back nah, that. yeah. It's not part of my vernacular. No. Um. Okay. Is there anything in this movie that wouldn't fly today? Uh, you know, I didn't really feel that. No, neither. There wasn't um, anything like really inappropriate or mm. sort of. They didn't really yeah. explain the relationship between Star and David. The kid. Oh, the kid. Yes, yeah, so but the child is on the milk carton. Yeah. So that's kind of not a thing that we do in Australia, but in America they put missing, missing children, children on milk, milk cartons yeah. because obviously it's an item that's used a lot, it's viewed a lot, and he laddies on the back of one of those. Laddie. So I'm not really sure what. What the, I don't think there is a relationship there. I and think just, she's just looking just, after him. Yeah. And I'm assuming that, yeah. They're both in the same similar part of the transition. Yeah, that's right. He hasn't obviously vampire. fed. But why they would have changed a child, is, is turned a child, is, is pretty weird in mm. my view. Mm. Um, most of the vampire films and books I've read, including Interview with the Vampire, strongly does not advocate for turning children mm. <laughs> because you don't grow up. <laughs> That's a huge child for the rest of your life, yeah, you know, but yeah. your mind grows. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's actually a theme in Daybreakers, a movie mm. with Ethan Hawke. Well, this is, I was going to say, it's a theme in its own right. Yeah, life, you know, it they is. They don't really explore. But no, they right. don't, but yeah. Mm. Um, so no, I don't I don't think there's anything really inappropriate. No. But even the violence is very subdued by today's standards. I mean, yeah. it is quite violent, that bonfire scene. Mm. Um but it's not that bad. Well, they sort of toss the bodies onto the fire at the end, yeah. and that's kind of a little confronting, isn't it? Um, I mean, I don't find that confronting because I'm a bit of a freak like that, but I can imagine people would have at the time, maybe. Mm. Mm. No, I thought, I thought it was all pretty good. It's all pretty PC. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the film goes so fast, they haven't got time to sort of muck that's around. That's true. Um, Cool. Let's talk about the soundtrack. Oh, God, the soundtrack is okay. so good. You said that you own the soundtrack. Is I do. Correct? I've got it somewhere. I don't know where, but it, right. I do have it somewhere. Right. Um, <laughs> again, very 80s-like where they definitely made these songs for the film. Some of it, yeah. Um, again, in terms Cry of the little motif, sister. that, that yeah. song, the I Shall Not Kill, yeah. um, which obviously quotes the Bible, but we've all heard that. Apparently Marilyn Manson did a version of that film, that song. A lot of people have, yeah. It's a good song. Um, but um, that song goes through the sound. It's part of the movie quite, yeah. quite a few times and a part of the lead motif as well. Um, the other song from the stuff. <sighs> and you've told me this before. I have. You tell me the story. Do you want to tell the story? No, you, no, you tell story. it from your perspective. It's your story. Okay, well, um, basically, you've told me once that this song, <laughs> you thought that this song 
was going to change the world. Oh, it's such a good song. You don't understand. Yeah. The song is called I Still Believe, and it's the guy with the... The real oiled up He's like all oiled up muscle. In like a tights with undies over the top of them and a studded yeah. belt. And a ponytail. <laughs> and he also plays a sax. I mean, could you be any more 80s cool? I don't yeah. think you could. Yeah, yeah. So that song... My next door neighbour that I grew up with, Stephen and I, we were obsessed with that song. We thought it was going to change the world. Yeah. I don't know how it was going to change the world. Oh, it's such a good song. But like, killed global warming yeah. or something. <laughs> no, it was just... Just through song. It just touched our little kid hearts, wow. that song, and I still love it. In fact, I'm going to download it tomorrow if I yeah, you know, if you can't find, find it. the CD Because it's a great movie. I still believe, do do. Yes. And other shout-outs is there's quite a lot of Australian songs. Yes, there's an In, in Excess and Jimmy Barnes Two song. Jimmy Barnes songs and yeah. In Excess song on this soundtrack yes um which is surprising because i mean in excess was obviously big in the states yeah they were jimmy barnes yeah i didn't know about that but apparently yeah. i can't stand him but yeah apparently but yeah, two good songs i can't remember which ones they apparently were. Kiefer sutherland um agreed mm. because of how good he thought the soundtrack was including cool. in excess it's a fantastic soundtrack he like, agreed to do the movie yeah the soundtrack's so, unbelievable, unbelievable okay um looks like we're wrapping up are you going to give this one a 10 again? Okay, well, I just have to say, before I give my score... Which it will be 10. This movie, <laughs> apart from everything I've spoken about, yeah. one of the greatest things to me about this movie is that it inspired my all-time favourite show, which is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Joss Whedon yeah. has been on record, yeah. has stated several times that he was inspired by the Lost Boys yeah. when he created Buffy. But he didn't create Buffy. Buffy was a movie before. Yeah, but when he agreed with the TV okay. show, this was his inspiration. Right. And as you know, this is Buffy is my favourite show yeah. of all time, forever. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I mean that that means a lot to me. So mm. there's a lot of yeah. So am I giving this a ten out of ten? You fucking bet your life I am. <laughs> this is a ten out of ten movie. Oh man. Yeah. Okay. I mean it is such a good film. You can it tell is... by the enthusiasm in your voice that oh, you love. Oh, man, it's scary. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, we were, like, la- laughing out loud funny. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it's suspenseful. There's, you yeah. know, you anticipate. It's the brotherhood between the boys. It's, it's, it's the a really group. Good film. It's the kids. It's oh, a really it's good film. so good. And it's the men that look like women and their hotness. Oh, my God. It's so good. Um, I'm going to give it a nine. Oh, I don't know why. I don't know I don't like dishing out 10s because 10s means it's perfect. And I feel like it was really, really good. Mm. You're hard to please, man. I, mean, I, gave, I gave Ferris a 10. Yeah, but this is, you know, this is one of the best vampire films of all time. Yeah, it's pretty good. Absolutely. Um, should we talk about Corey Haim? Rest his, God, yeah, rest we should soul. talk about Corey Haim. So Corey Haim passed away um, in 2010. Yeah. He had an well, They said he passed away from pneumonia, but he had suffered like Feldman from addiction, you know, issues. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of t- talk of, around whether those two were possibly groomed and abu- sexually abused within Hollywood. Really? Yeah, and they they both spoken about it. Mm. Corey Haim spoke about it a lot, and mm. I think a lot of people tried to, as they do in Hollywood, tried to shut him down. Mm. Um, and I think he had a lot of problems with addiction. I think child stars in general, it's, it's hard for them, you know. Haim and Feldman. And Feldman, were yeah. in and out of rehabs. From Absolutely. From the 80s and the 90s. Yeah. Into now, right? And this was the first film that they really sort of met and connected. Really? So that's kind of special too, yeah. Um, how many, how many 
Corey's, nine. Corey's movies are nine. 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 Nine Corey movies. I can't even remember all of them. I remember Dream a Little Dream. <laughs> and what's the car one? License, License to, to Drive. drive. Yeah, yeah, they're probably cool. the classics, really. Yeah. But um, it's really sad because he's so cute and little in this in film. This one, he's and he just, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and Feldman, too, is they're hilarious. Both, yeah, they're both, they're, they're the coolest guys. Yeah. Are they um, the coolest guys? Yes, they're, they're, they're up the there. They're the most consistently coolest guys. So it is really sad that, yeah. you know, he he has passed on. And... Yeah. Well, rest in peace, Corey. Hey? Yeah. Um, okay, well, that's us for today. So just remember to check us out. Send us an email if you have anything want to talk about anything or on the Instagram. What's the handle? Uh, at the... The Peaked Pod, and uh, thank you. We have been getting quite a few suggestions, okay. mostly on personal Facebook pages, but if you want to follow us on Instagram, we're happy for you to suggest some movies, and there's been some good ones. Yeah. Um, some of them are already on our on our list, yep. and some of them are like... So this one yeah. was actually suggested, even though we had planned to do it, so um, yep. that's this is my shout-out to Michaela. There you go. Okay. There's your film. <laughs> cool. Um, hit like, subscribe. Share the podcast and um, thanks for the support, yeah. guys. Peace. So say good night to the bad guy. Yeah, I got a question. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? <laughs>